Yeah, welcome to Escaping the Ordinary Podcast. Today, a little bit different, a solo episode. Just me, your host, Ryan Teague. I'm going to be talking about how to create better photographs. It came to light just after a recent workshop I was teaching in Tasmania a few weeks ago, and we really spoke about how to create better photographs. And um, a few things really resonated with some attendees, and I thought I'd just share some light on it. So hope you guys are all enjoying the podcast. Obviously, I thank you, and I'm super grateful to have you here tuning in. And um, hopefully you see some great value from the podcast. I would love it if you could head over and leave a, uh, a short little review that would mean the world to me. And um, yeah, obviously share this podcast with your your friends that you think uh, may be interested and always happy to hear your feedback if you'd like the podcast to go in a different direction or you'd like to hear an interview with a specific guest. That'd be amazing. So creating better photographs. I think it comes down to, you know, we're obviously speaking about weddings here, but considering a story. So the first thing we always do is we always ask questions. So we send out a questionnaire to all of our couples called, what is your story? And pretty simply, the questionnaire asks questions like what's important to them? Do they have children? If they could share their story in a sentence, what would it mean? And this way, it really gives us a great insight into, I guess, what's important to them. Now, I know for myself, if I had been asked that from a photographer, I'd be talking all about my son and the importance of him in my life. So I would really expect a lot of beautiful photos of my son and not too many of myself because that's really what I'd want from the day. So I think it comes right back to the start where you ask questions to couples, find out what their story is and their personalities and stuff. Obviously, catching up in person would be really ideal, but obviously over Zoom or something like that, you can really hone in on creating photographs that are beyond weddings and more or less the storytelling aspect. But first off, going to a practical thing, you know, shooting series of images like a story. So when we watch a movie, it starts off with a big wide photo, maybe of San Fran Bridge. Then it comes a little closer of the cars traveling. Then it comes a little closer of the back of the car. Then it comes into the car and who's in the car. And I always consider this when I'm photographing a wedding. So every time I pull up somewhere, I'll get, you know, a wide establishing photo, some some details from around, say, the Airbnb, if that's where they're getting ready, and then I'll work my way in, and then I'll photograph the front door and the shoes at the front door, then a wide of the inside, then a little closer, and then first maybe into like a makeup photo. And I do that the same on the way out of a scene. So I'll reverse that process and say I'm leaving bride prep, I'll do exactly the same. It might be a photo with the bride and her father, which is generally what happens, And then I'll work my way out and then it'll be a wide, it'll be the door kind of closed and then it'll be a wide of the homestead. And then even maybe like a little blurry photo of me driving to the next scene. And I just like doing that just kind of closes off the thing because we think about weddings, there are so many little scenes that are happening, right? Like we've got bride prep, then groom prep or however you do it, then ceremony, then group photos. There's a lot going on. So if you think about them as scenes and As you move on, obviously each little scene is different, but establishing everything from that scene, from when you go to portraits, starting with an establishing photo of what the weather's like or the car ride out to portraits. And then you get there and then wide, mid, tight, working around, stepping back, et cetera, and then exiting. So I think that's a really good way to um, creating better photographs that generally give the viewer, someone that hasn't been there or attended the wedding, a bit of an insight into what the day was actually like. 
Next up is lens choices. So I like talking cameras, not so much digital cameras, but anyway, lens choices. I think it's a really viable thing to consider here. I remember when, oh, must be four or five years ago when I went from zooms to primes and I, I took one camera and a 35 mil lens to a wedding. And it was the first time I stepped away from the, you know, 24 to 70, 70 to 200. And I felt this whole like so uneasy. I felt like I had to step in 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 a vulnerable situation. And I did it because, you know, I was in a wedding. I wasn't going to hang at the back and just hope that the images pointed somewhere. I really just stepped into the scene in order to create. And I remember leaving that, looking at those photos going, that's what I want to do. It really created more of a photojournalism style and vibe rather than me just not really considering what I was doing with my feet. So I think lens choices has a huge role on your storytelling. Obviously, the wider you shoot, the more you get in frame. And um, a recent guest, Ollie Sampson, I remember seeing some of his photographs where he was shooting very wide, 24, maybe even 16, probably a 24 mil lens, but really using that to tell the whole story of that scene rather than just putting a lens on for the sake of it and photographing from there. So for me, I really love the 35 and 50 and starting to really like the 24. I've tried the 85. I took it to one wedding and sold it the next day. I just couldn't couldn't really master that lens length and just felt really comfortable on that 35 and 50 being the lens choices. So again, like I said, storytelling aspect, consider the lens choice and where you are positioned in telling the story. Now, one thing that popped up when I was teaching in Tasmania was defaults. And when I say defaults, I think working alongside new photographers or having them attend weddings with me or a second shooting or you know, even mentoring them and attending their weddings or seeing their gallery, the first thing that I notice is what we've just covered, which is no establishing photos. I literally generally walk in, straight in, boom, first photo, bride getting her makeup. And it's like, where are you? What were you doing? What's a street name? What's the weather like? Like there's way more to the story than just that. But another one is defaults. So like default meaning, you know, dress in the window or like the bridesmaids all laughing at each other. Now, I think there's a time and place to question these defaults to get better photographs. So each time that I attend, you know, a bride getting ready, I'm going to go up to her and say, you know, Hey, it's up to you. Would you like photos of your dress hanging? You know, totally up to you. So I'll put it in her ballpark for her to give me her thoughts and beliefs of what she wants documented in that scene. So rather than just walking in, just going, cool, where's your wedding dress? Can I put it straight in the window? You know, that's questioning defaults because a lot of times the time that I've questioned it and asked the bride if she wants it, most commonly she says, oh, no, don't worry about it, honestly. And that keeps me in the story because I'm not out there photographing just the details and hearing grandma turn up and I've missed that and mom and dad laughing and I've missed that all for a photo of the dress. Now, the more brides and grooms see Pinterest and Instagram and photographers styled shoots, the more they become conditioned to what expectations are on the wedding day. But again, you can always question these. It doesn't hurt to ask the question, hey, would you like this? Generally, I wouldn't photograph this, but if you'd like photos of your shoes, more than happy to do that. Little things for me, Generally won't photograph the bride getting ready in her wedding dress or putting shoes on or anything like that. I'll generally just come in and get one last little kind of photo of her getting ready and then try and make it as organic as possible. But as I mentioned, you know, just question defaults and question the the norm. 
you know, again, staying on defaults, you know, like if you're entering a portrait session with the default that you do this, that, this, that's cool because you probably have it systematized. But the question I always ask is, do you believe the couples see themselves in the photograph or will they see you in the photograph? And when I say you, I mean, you know, do they really stand there with their foreheads together on a weekend? Is that something they would generally do? Now, I totally understand we've got to pose sometimes and we've got to take things, but don't put it as the default starting line. Sometimes couples just need some time to enjoy their wedding day so they can actually feel at ease and you'll be able to document that. So, What we always do is a big thing, which is another little uh, tip here, is we explain the process. Every time we'll enter a scene, we'll explain the process to the couple first. So for example, if we go into portraits, we'll explain, you know, hey guys, it's going to be 20 minutes, just flow, like consider us as videographers so you guys can move freely and you get that time together. If you feel uneasy, just remember, stay with each other on this. We'll give you direction. But the biggest thing that I always say is we won't direct connection. We're not there to tell you to kiss. We're not there to tell you to nibble each other's ear. We're not there to tell you to lick each other's foreheads. I don't know what hell happens on, but um, we're not going to do that. So a lot of times you see them just like ease up. They're like, oh yes, fuck. Oh, last wedding we attended, we watched my friend do that and that was hideous or something. So it gives them that space, but obviously we have the time to step in when we need to step in. So I think, um, yeah, coming down to explaining the process is really, really important. Now, another one going back to a practical tip with technical stuff is sometimes walking into a scene, underexposing your camera and looking at it on the live view or the screen on the back of your camera. So if you underexpose your camera right down, let's say right down so it's pretty dark and walk into a scene and just look at your camera and your camera is going to show you where the little highlights from the sun or reflections are on the wall. And this way, because our eye meters everything pretty much a standard basis, unless you're really looking for the, the where the light is, your camera can do it for you. So sometimes I'll enter a scene and pull my camera right down and just point it at walls and look where the light's falling. So obviously photography is all about light. So consider where the light is. Like I said, you know, entering a scene, looking around there before you're taking photographs, really consider where the light is and not just default you know, the couple backlit every time, frontlit every time, whatever, side light, window light, like try and create something a little different or or expand your eyes skill set to be able to look for light. Now, another real tip here, I guess finishing off is I have a saying is you're either there or you're not there. You're either ready or you're not ready. So when I say that, I mean, too often at times when I was starting out, I would photograph, you know, let's say, the bride with her parents having a laugh. And then next minute I put the camera down and I'd be like, okay, cool. What we're going to do next. And I'll turn around and be like, fuck, like I just missed the most amazing moment. And especially at receptions, this actually comes to light. So I think you've really got to just be there and always keep the camera on your eye. If that's how you photograph, just, you know, you're getting paid to photograph. So don't just default it that you get this walk out, get this walk out, unless that's what you want to do. But for us, like, 
you know, we want to make sure that we are always ready. So if the camera's not on your eye, you're not ready. You're going to miss those moments. And if you're all about the photojournalism time, that's where it can really kind of like separate you from a lot of other photographers. So many instances, say after the ceremony, when the couple were hugging their family and friends, da, 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 I'm just there 24 mil on and I'm just like camera in, tunnel focus. If the coordinators come on up to me, I'm just like, look, can you just leave me alone for a sec? Like I'm just there until everything slows down. Then I'll go into group photos, but I don't just, you know, pull out a sheet, miss all those moments and go straight into, to group photos. So recapping on this guys. So I think, like I said, starting with a story in mind, ask those questions to your couples. So you understand a little bit more than just their wedding logistics Start with wide photos, work your way in, and then work your way out, right? Lens choices play a vital role in the way you can document stories. Now, again, explaining the process to couples is one factor. Also questioning defaults, which the market has kind of conditioned couples to think is important. Sometimes you just can question it and say, hey, would you like a photo of your dress in the window? Would you like a photo of your details? And you'll find that Maybe your couples might say, hey, nah, just stay here, you know, and I'll always say to them, cool, I'll just start with photojournalism. You guys just do whatever you want, wherever you want. I'll just be floating around. And then when it's time to kind of move forward into the next little scene, I'll give you guys some advice where the best light is and we can move into there. Now, again, entering a scene with an underexposed camera to look for lights. Don't just walk straight past all those beautiful lighting opportunities. Look for light before you start documenting is a good thing. And again, finalizing, be ready. Always have that camera on your eye if you want to create photojournalism moments. No more recreation of these little moments and you're going to be able to create better photographs. Put your heart and soul into it, which I'm sure all of you do. And this way you're going to be able to stand out. So I hope you like this little short podcast of just a solo podcast. We're going to try and keep these under 15 minutes and do these each week. If you guys would like to hear anything or any topics that I could discuss, feel free to message me on Instagram or Facebook or send us through an email. Uh, to either Feather and Finch Photography. And like I said, guys, really appreciate if you could leave a review, share this with your family and friends and uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Cheers. Cheers.